0: Hi there. Thanks for checking out the New Life Speakers podcast. All of our speakers are recorded live at our AA meeting held on Friday nights at 8 p.m. at the Atonement Church in Wyomissing, Pennsylvania. More information about recovery and our upcoming events can be found on our website, newlifespeakers.org. If you don't want to miss our newest upcoming speakers, don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. This podcast is self supporting, so if you enjoy this podcast, please put a dollar or two into our virtual basket. You can find a link for this in the description. And if you know someone in need, please share this with them. Thank you.
1: Hi, I'm Joanne. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Joanne. It's been a minute since I did this. It's been an hour since I've done it in public, so please bear with me since uh, the world fell apart. It's been a while since I've been out in public doing this. Um, My sobriety date is February 27th, 2006. Uh, My home group is Interview with an Alcoholic. If you ever want to join us on a Thursday night at 7 o'clock on Zoom, our website is interviewwithanalcoholic.org, all one word. Um, We would love to have you. It's uh, an interesting meeting. Um, You know, since the pandemic, it's one of the main meetings I've went to. Haven't seen many speaker meetings, for I got what it's like to speak. I'm used to seeing an interview situation. So, again, bear with me, please. Um... Gave my stats. Uh, Service work, I take care of the website for our group. I have a sponsor. My sponsor has a sponsor. Um, I'm going to be as honest as I can be tonight. I'm just going to hope that I get a message out. I'm very nervous. Um, And just going to start from what it was like and what happened and what it's like now. So I grew up an hour from here in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Um, My parents will have their 52 year wedding anniversary this year. Um, I have two older sisters. Uh, my one sister, it's literally my parents' house, the driveway, my sister's house. She recently put in a pool. Um, so every fun- Sunday is Sunday fun day. My other sister, I got back this morning from her beach house. So to say that the purplehead lesbian alcoholic felt like an outsider in her family is saying the least. Um, I still work on that today. Um, to fit in with them, Um, but at the core they're really good people and we really do love each other and we really do have a good time and laugh and have fun. Um, Growing up was a lot of, my parents were very social people um, and every social event revolved around alcohol. So alcohol was always in my life. I didn't know, I always equated fun to alcohol. I didn't know you could have one without the other. Um, I was the youngest of three, like I said, and when the age gap was like four four and five years, so whenever my parents went somewhere and I was like seven and eight, it was just me going with my parents to their friend's house where they were having a party, and it was keep the kid busy in the corner while the adults have fun, drink, dance, laugh. Um, so that's what I knew. That's what I grew up with. My first sip of alcohol, um, I have a weird memory, and I'm pretty sure I was in diapers. I remember my dad sitting at the kitchen table and me taking a sip of his beer and feeling that warm sensation go down my throat and not hating it, not loving the taste of it, but not hating it. Um, however, my dad is a very Italian father. my family's very old fashioned, very religious, and I was scared to do anything and do anything out of line um, from what they wanted so You know, my drinking really didn't pick up until college. Um, Did I go to a couple of parties in high school? Yes, absolutely, did that. However, every time I drank, I drank to excess, and I was always a blackout drinker, so pretty much every time I drank, I blacked out. Um, I didn't know there was such a thing as only having a couple of beers. I never got that message. Um, Once that hit my body, it was just like, I just kept putting it in my body and couldn't stop. so I hit college, uh, went to Penn State Hazleton for two years. And at that time, I lived at home with my parents because I'm from Hazleton. And I had a boyfriend at the time, so weird to say. Um, and he was older. And he would get me in bars because he knew the bouncers. So they would get me in. And again, every time we would go out, which wasn't often, but when we did, it was drink to excess, blackout, throw up, all the fun stuff that you can do. Um, then once I get out to Penn State, uh, I changed a little because uh, Penn State's known for its uh, active party life. So, you know, Tuesday, Thursdays, here's me with classes at 11 and 4. How many times do you think I made the 4 <laughs> o'clock? Because my friend would be like, hey, let's go get a drink. And I'm, of course, you know, never going to say no. This is what you do in college, isn't it? This is what we're supposed to do, you know. I can never do this. Once I'm out of college and I have a job, I can't say to the boss I'm not going to be here. Um, I'm going to go drinking. So I took full advantage of that. Somehow I managed to graduate. I don't know how, but I did. Um, I lived with my parents for a year, and then I moved out, and I came to Reading for a job. And that's when I kind of started noticing a little bit difference in my drinking. Um, I knew it was picking up, and then I started questioning things. I remember, um, you know... I lived alone and you're not supposed to drink alone but i was drinking alone so what does this mean does this mean something nah i'm 23 this is what i'm supposed to do so i kept on that train a little while and then um i was working with a guy and this was the guy he was like the male me if i can't make it work with this guy something's wrong with me because this is my guy and I couldn't make it work with him something just wasn't right so um but in that time as well i started doing things like drinking alone and i remember searching it was the dawn of the internet you young guys don't even know what that means but it was the dawn of the internet so it was dial up (laughs) i know the horrors um so i would go online and i would look up what are the 10 questions does this mean you're an alcoholic if? So I would answer those questions. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't mean anything. You know, I have a college education. I have a job. I never miss work. I'm good, right? I'm good. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm, <laughs> um, you know, 24. <laughs> so uh, the other thing I noticed I was doing, I, 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 again, blackout drinker. I do remember vaguely one night calling the AA hotline, you know, for a friend. Um, so I called them and, and asked them some questions and I don't remember the answers, but I, I vaguely do remember calling them and I um, I was in a blackout, but I, I remember there's just like a picture of me looking at my wall and it's just stuck in my brain and I just know I was on the phone with somebody uh, from AA. Um, and the other weird thing that I remember, and I'm just pointing out the things that just started like sending off little whistles in my head. Um, guy mentioned we went to a movie one night I went home and he went home and I cracked open a beer like immediately and there was a knock at my door because he had forgotten something and I remember taking my beer and hiding it in my filing cabinet and I don't know why because we drank together but I did that and it didn't seem right so let's fast forward a little bit figure out I'm gay blah 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 parents are gonna hate me self-hatred blah blah um So I meet a woman, and we buy a house together, and we are, like, not partiers. We didn't drink a lot. So I'm like, I'm good, right? I'm not drinking a lot. We're drinking a lot less. When I drank, I drank. Um, But, you know, for the most part, it's like, you know, picket fence. Um, And then uh, after a little while, um, who from now on, the person I speak of is my wife today. When we get together, it gets a little more intense, the drinking. Um, we drink a lot it's a matter of going out and um, she's like I'm good with my beer I'm like okay cool I'll drink that I'll take it you know and then it's starting to increase Um, and I'll come home from work and there's two beers left in the refrigerator I'm like okay it's four o'clock I'll go buy a six pack I'll slam four down so by the time Robin gets home there'll only be two in the fridge and she'll have no idea I just drank six right because that's how the math worked. Um, I will say this, when I thought I was being so sneaky after I finally came clean with everything, she's like, you dummy, I knew the whole time I saw the recycling bin. So I wasn't getting away with Jack Diddley's squat, Um, but I thought I was. So my life was becoming a matter of shampoo, lather, rinse, repeat. I would get up, go to work, it would be 5.30 in the morning. I worked um, early in the morning. And totally inappropriately calling her at 5.30 in the morning. Hey, what are you doing? Well, What do most people do at 5.30 in the morning? They're asleep. But I had a call to see because I blacked out. So did I fight with you? Are we cool? Go by the tone of her voice and see where we were. Um, And I was doing that a lot. I wouldn't say it's daily yet, but it's a lot. Um, And then she and I, we were going to have a commitment ceremony. And... Um, that was in August of 2005, and I had invited my family. My sister's the only one who showed up, uh, my dad. I knew if I sent a letter to my parents' house asking him to come, my mother would take it and never give it to him. So I sent it to his work, and I never, heard of, I never got anything from him. No one said anything to me, just they were not coming. Um, so that kind of spiraled me. Uh, I'm not blaming them for my alcoholism because God knows it's not. Um, That was my reason or my excuse, you know. I mean, my alcoholism really is what uh, caused me to spiral. So from August until February of 2006, it was pretty much daily. It was everyday drinking, 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 Um, blacking out. Not knowing if I fought with Robin. <coughs> Fighting with Robin about my drinking. Picking fights with Robin because we would go out for dinner. And I'd have, like, two beers. And then I wanted to drink more. And she wanted to go home. So pick a fight on the way home. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm going. You know? And then go to and drink more. Because I had a drink. I was uncomfortable with only two beers in my system. Um, so, uh... I was going to say something else about that. I can't remember. Oh, and the other thing that was really, really happening a lot was it would be like a Thursday. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to Ugly Oyster. I'm going to have myself a nice little dinner, have two beers, go home and go to sleep. And I'd wake up the next morning. What the heck happened? I don't understand this. I, this wasn't supposed to happen. My intent was always just to have a beer or two. And I drank a six pack and walked out with a six pack, you know? Um... Drinking and driving was never, uh, uh, you know, I remember many Sunday mornings, my father saying, I don't know how I got home last night. I drove home blind. Still says it to this day, and that's his business, and that's his deal. Um, uh, but I never got the message to don't drink and drive, and I, drunk, I drove and drank a lot. And you have to remember, while I was working, I was working in Delaware, um, commuting to Delaware five days a week, going out after work and driving home, annihilated. One day throwing up on myself and just kept driving and driving and, you know, thank God never hurting someone. Thank God. But um, that's my story. And I have, you know, don't proudly say that, but it's part of my story. And I'm just trying to be honest up here. Um, So it's February 26th, 2005, 2006, 2006, and we're getting ready to go out to what's called a ladies dance. And my wife is a hairstylist and does makeup and all this stuff. And I'm feeling really bad about myself. You know, I got the alcoholic bloat. I'm gross. I'm icky. I'm just not digging myself. Haven't looked at myself in forever in the mirror. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, yeah, do I fix my hair? Yeah, but I'm looking at my hair. I'm not looking at me. I can't look at me because I do not like this person looking back at me. So... She does my makeup, and she says, oh, you look really nice. Look at yourself. I'm like, okay, yeah, I I got you. We're good, you know? She's like, no, really, look at yourself. And she's persistent. I'm like, oh, you're such a bugger. So I look in the mirror, and I see myself, and I look at myself in the eye, and my eyes just well up with tears. I'm like, yep, I'm good. Let's go. We're going, we're going, we're going, okay? So we're up in Maniunk, Intent is drink a couple beers. I'm not getting out of control today, guys. Not getting out of control. I got this. I'm not an alcoholic. I got it, right? So I remember thinking that, and then I just remember in and out of blackout for that night. Um, I smoked cigarettes when I would drink a lot. (laughs) So I smoked. (laughs) I should just say I smoked. (laughs) Um, So I was in the stall hiding and smoking, and I remember Robin pounding on the stall, pissed off at me, which she should be, rightfully so. (coughs) And... um, then blackout again, then I'm watching the band, blackout again, and the next thing I know, I'm waking up, and there's vomit all over me, and there's vomit all over Robin, and I look at her, I go, who did that? You know? And this, I'm, now I'm out of a blackout. I thought I w- like, in my mind, I was asleep. I fell asleep in the corner somewhere. It was a blackout. And Robin's like, you did this. And I don't know what came over me. In this program, we would say God, you know, our higher power. And I just looked at her and I just crumbled and I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't stop. I don't know how to stop. I need help. We have to go. And she looks at me and is like, now? I'm like, right now. We're leaving. We leave Maniunk. Um, Thankfully, I had other clothes in my car. I changed. And on my way home, I make the calls to my family and I'm like, guys, I got to go get help. I don't know what's going on. I I can't drink. I can't control it. I got to go somewhere and my sister said to me calm down why don't you just wait till tomorrow and see how the, how you do i said cuz if i wait tomorrow i'm not doing anything i'm not going i've got to go you know and then i called my mom and she's like oh is this my fault and i'm like oh god no <laughs> you know this isn't this is me you know so i go and on our way home we're calling karen and we're finding out how much that is and i'm like what are we going to do and like i said my wife's a hairstylist so she's calling her clients who know stuff and somebody said call Reading Hospital and I called Reading Hospital and I said I need help and they said we have a detox bed ready come to the emergency room I go there I wake up February 27th in detox um and then the next you know few days is a matter of is my insurance going to approve the next couple of days is my and it's just like every day but as I'm sitting in these group meetings and I remember this guy Big John talking about he's going Do you get a tingle in your stomach when you know you're going to get a drink? And I'm going, yeah. Yeah, doesn't everybody? And then he's talking. He's like, and you romanticize it. and You know the the click. And I'm like, yes, yes. And he's speaking to me like no one else is in the room, you know? And then it's, did you ever plan on going out and just having a couple of drinks? And then you wake up the next morning, what happened? I'm like, oh my God, yes. How do you know that's all about me, you know? So... I am, like, eating up every single thing I could learn because I don't know when they're going to tell me I've got to leave. So I'm learning whatever I can while I'm in there. And what I learned, and after nine days they said, okay, you're good to go, young one, buck up and go. So I said, okay, I don't know what to do, I'm scared to death. They said, I'm like, to the counselors, what do I do? They said, go to meetings and get a sponsor. I said, okay. So what I learned in that time is I can't drink Okay, got it. When I was initially going in there, I thought they were going to teach me how to drink, um, like a lot of us do. Um, So I learned, okay, I can't drink. Awesome. I start going to meetings. I do my 90 and 90. Um, At a woman's meeting, I heard this woman speak. She was talking about how she had 25 years. She came into the rooms, never left, never relapsed. I said, yes, you, you. I want that. I don't want to relapse. Because I knew from rehab they were saying that, A lot of us are going to relapse. And I didn't want that part of my story. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go with you. So I got a sponsor. And I got a sponsor. And that's what I did. Um, And I say that tongue-in-cheek because I never heard anything about this program of recovery stuff you guys talk about. I just heard about not drinking. You know, that's what I heard. So a couple of years in, meet with my sponsor. Don't really do the steps. And... Uh, after like three years, I said, you know, I'm good. You know, it's, it's starting to feel a little too churchy for this recovering Catholic. Sorry, I don't mean to talk about it. (laughs) It's for me. For me, it was bad. Okay. It was just not a good experience for me. I'm like, it's feeling a little too churchy. I'm good. I'll make a deal. If I ever feel like I want to drink, I'll go back. But otherwise I'm good. And that's how I lived for 13 years. Um... In that time, did my life get better? I was basically a dry drunk. <laughs> Didn't pick up. I could still say, it. yeah, I've got 16 years of not drinking. But I can't say I've been sober. I feel I've been dry. So, um, you know, how we always have, well, I will never. Well, I'll never drink and drive. <laughs> Oops, did that one. Mm, I'll never drink and drive with my kids in my car. Mm, oh, I did that one. And we keep pushing that line and that boundary. Well, I was doing that without a drink in my hand. I was just doing that. Because my line was, I will never look outside my marriage. And I did that. And I had an 18-month-old son. And I was ready to leave. And I was out. Because somebody else was feeding the ego machine. And oh, man. Oh, was that. that It just was filling something inside of me that was just, ugh. So... Ended up not leaving, obviously. Started working on my relationship with my wife. It never gets better. Poor me. I could have had this great life if I would have left you. I could have had this over there. It would have been so much better. It's you. It's you. I'm miserable. It's you. So, in this time, we decide to have another child. (laughs) I'm so sick. Get it. Um, (laughs) So... Um, so now we have two kids and my life isn't feeling better you know I knew I was sticking I'm in this marriage I'm committed I'm with this woman bam we've got a family we're, we're here okay I had my opportunity I didn't leave we're here I'm staying um, so my life isn't getting better I'm looking for anything to fill this hole and I always touch it right here because that's where it is you know And it just hurts. And there's a neon sign above my head that just says, life is pain. And that's what I thought it was. I didn't think life was anything but pain. I thought it was misery and torture and unhappiness. And that's how I just went. And then, and all I could think of is, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. But then there's like, I don't want to give my kids that narrative. So now we're at the point to where it was in the news of like Kate Spade And Anthony Bourdain and all these famous people committed suicide. And I was jealous. I was like, man, they've got balls. I'm so jealous of that. Why don't I have that kind of balls? I wish I had it. And then I would look at their life and I'm like, wait a minute. They have young kids too. Oh my God. I don't want this to be my kid's narrative. What am I going to do? I've got to do something. So I talked to my wife. I'm like, listen, I'm... There's something wrong with me mentally. There's just something wrong. I'm going to take a short term disability from work. I talked to my sister and for me to call my family and talk to my family just was proof of how dire this situation was for me. Called my sister. She owns a couple businesses. I said, listen, I got to go check myself in. I am, there's something wrong with me mentally. I have to go get help. Um, In the meantime, can I work for you so I could supplement the income I'm going to be missing out on? She said yes. So um, I had it all in play. had my plan. I was going to get myself help. And then just sitting there one day, just in the back of my mind, I'm sitting with my wife. And I remember what room I was sitting in. And I just hear AA. And I said, Robin... Before I take this drastically, because if you thought calling my family was a big deal, for me to have made that move with work would have been really the biggest deal I could have made. Because I just, I love my job and I take it really seriously and I respect my job. So I said, here's my Hail Mary pass, Robin. Let me go back to AA. I never gave it a fair shake. Let me see what happens here. So I come in. And the weird thing is all of you guys started talking about this program of recovery. I'm like, why weren't you talking about it before? And it's like the student wasn't ready to listen before. So it was so odd because now I'm going to meetings and people are sharing and I'm hearing so much of, you know, I'll remember. I, I don't know if any of you guys had the pleasure of knowing Ken G. And I'll always remember the one meeting I came back at and he said, You know, I came around here for like 12 years, you know, and I would puff up my chest and I would be there on my anniversary and I'd raise my hand and I'd say, I'm Ken G and I've got 10 years. Ha, I'm awesome. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, holy cow, that's me. Now they're starting to tell my story all over again. And then they're like, until, and I'm like, ooh, it's the until, ooh, until I found the program of recovery. I'm like, what is this thing they're talking about? Like, what is this? You know? And I had to find out, you know? And I kept talking and I would spill my guts and I kept talking about this hole in my heart and in my chest and in my soul. And everyone just kept saying, keep coming back. I'm like, okay, but why? But I will fine. So, uh, I started talking to people, making friends. I'm, I'm made this one woman who was kind of on the resistant side of things. And we started talking and we met for coffee and she's like, I gotta, you know, but she she was starting to turn her corner. And she said, I'm speaking tonight. You know, I got to speak before my sponsor. I'm like, hey, I'm going to come and support you because that's, you know, what we're supposed to do. I'm just doing what you guys tell me I'm supposed to do. Um, So I go and I listen to her. I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Yay. And then her speaker talks or her sponsor talks. And I'm like, oh. And she's like, did you ever feel like an alien in your family where you were just like dropped in by the aliens? And I'm like, oh. And then it's like, you know, She was in the program for 10 years before she realized there was any kind of program of recovery. And I'm like, oh, damn. So then I'm like, well, what do I do? Like, is this like a dating type thing? Am I allowed to ask your sponsor to be my sponsor? Can we share sponsors? Is that allowed? You know, I didn't know because I didn't know how it worked. And I started working with this woman. And we sat down. We met for coffee. And then she brought it up. What's your concept of God? I'm like, oh. Can't we do this without that? Can't we? Well, what's your idea? What's your idea of what you would like your God to look like? Write it down for me. And I did that. And we start working together. And she starts bringing me through. And little by little, little light bulbs start going off. And the world's becoming brighter for me. I remember reading We Agnostics. And whenever, and I still do it to this day. And I'll get to where we are today. And like, Whenever I doubt, I'm like, light switch, light switch. I have no idea how, how electricity works, but it works. I don't know. I don't need the proof. Um, and that just, that cracked the door open just enough for me to believe in something greater than myself. Um, so, you know, I'm working the steps. I'm feeling great. I fell back in love with my wife again. I'm, I'm being of service. I'm just being a better human being And it just felt so good. And I'm like, ah, the promised land, you know? And then we hit February 2020 (laughs) and March of 2020. And I'll bring you up to how we're here today. And when the world fell apart, a lot of other stuff fell apart too. Because I only had a good year of learning the program of recovery really under my belt and really how to do it. Um... So, at first, you know, I'm on Zoom, I'm like, oh, this is great, you can go to 20 meetings a day, you could do this, (laughs) I could be at work, I could have a meeting on the background. and then I learned, then I started seeing how I'm on a meeting, but you all can't see my hand, so I could check my phone, you know, I don't need to be paying attention, you know, um, my sons, both of them have autism, and, uh, (laughs) for my oldest, it's mostly social. And what are we supposed to do? Social distance. So I, my life became them, you know? And I had to schedule them all kinds of therapies because I couldn't let them fall behind. Um, So I'm trying to keep up with AA, and I'm trying to do this, and now I'm working from home. I'm no longer commuting. And, you know... the best way to describe it is I feel like I was running in high heels, full speed, and my heel just kept breaking. And it's like, whoa, okay, got to go this way because that's what we're taught to do. Just go, go with it. Um, and that's what I did. And I tried to do that as best I can. And I could say that, in the beginning, my program was still strong, still meeting with my sponsor. You know, it's really like, even when I'm like, I'm Joanne and I have a sponsor, my sponsor has a sponsor. She knows she's still my sponsor, but have I really used her in the past year? Absolutely not. Have not. I'm not going to, I can't lie to you guys. I can't, you know, I haven't used her. I haven't utilized her. Um, I have made my weekly meeting, you know, my home group. I've kept my home group commitment. I haven't done much outside of that. I still try to be a good person and I do try to be of service to people. I mean, every time I was running for groceries, I would call my older neighbors, Hey, I'm going out. Can I get you anything? You know, even if you're not an alcoholic, I still try to be of service and keep out of myself, but my good stride I had going broke, you know, and I felt it, you know? Um, I felt a lot of life becoming about me again you know, my kids as well, trust me, <laughs> I had the schedule to prove it, um, but, you know, now I had, we all had our home is our safe place, and now the lines are all blurred, and this all relates to AA in respects to how my program fell apart, you know, I don't sit up here like, oh, poor me, because everyone went through it, you know, um, but home is now my gym, it is daycare, it is school some days, it is work and there's no safe space. Um, So that's how life has been for about a year now. I would say I did good the first six months of COVID. And then after that, things just seemed to fall apart. Um, Don't pity me, everybody kept their act together. I'm the one who let it go. Lots of people kept their act together. So, you know, um, my new year's resolution this year was to, um get my ass back here and it took till my anniversary so I can go raise my hand but I actually had shame raising my hand on my anniversary it wasn't a great feeling because I knew where I was three years ago and where I am today isn't the same well where I was three years ago was in hell so you know it took that year to build myself back up uh so it was a difficult raising of the hand um But in that meeting, I saw an old friend who was going through some stuff. So I'm like, oh, okay, something to do. I could check in on her. Okay, I could do that. I could do that. Because in my head, I want to be like, okay, I'm going to start going to three meetings a week. I'm going to get a sponsee. I'm going to get another, and like just go balls to the wall because that's what we do, right? That's what we do. It's go big or go home. And I'm like, okay, just one step at a time. And when I was at that meeting, someone i admire so greatly and have from a i have always admired and gravitated towards her from afar was speaking and she spoke and she was talking a little bit and i always thought like she runs the best program and it's funny because we're told not to not to judge and not to this and it goes both ways don't judge badly don't judge (laughs) goodly college grad um doesn't matter um so She's talking a little bit of how she's, you know, it stumbled a little bit for her. Not that she drank, she didn't drink. She stumbled. She's getting getting it back together again. And it felt good to hear somebody that I admired and gravitated towards so much. So I'm like, okay, that little gut in me. And again, is it God? And I was great. I was doing good, man. I had a higher power. I was like praying, I was meditating. And I've gotten back to like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm too smart to like, you know, believe in a god. Cause like, really, could it be, you know, I'm really smart. No, I'm not. Really not. But, you know, so that's where I am. I'm, I'm questioning again. And I liked it better when I wasn't. You know, so I'm really trying to think outside of myself more when it comes to that. But that gut, which most of us would say is God, higher power, said the number so i asked her i said hey can i get your number i'd really like to talk with you you know what you said really spoke to me i really need to hear other people's story like that just like when i came back after 13 years and i met somebody who had my story i need some more stories that fell apart a little bit the past couple of years and i need to talk to people who've done that and i need to be more active in doing that so i got the number what do you do with that it doesn't do anything just in your phone I text her, I said, you want to meet for coffee? We met for coffee, right? And it was great, and it was awesome, and we had such a great conversation, and she was everything and more that I thought she would be, and it was so wonderful getting to meet her and just talking about stuff and talking about life and meeting and, and just grooving, you know? And then I was, down at my, uh, I was down at the beach for a couple of days, and I get a text from her, hey, could you speak Friday night? Oh, God, no, I'm getting back from the beach that day. You know, I, uh, no, like, well. are you in a bind? I could do it another Friday. Are you in a bind? She's like, it would be really great if you could. I'm like, damn it. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, but it's odd how things work. It's my feet moving, you know? Um, that's what I'm trying to do today. Just keep my feet moving, meet people and talk about this and just get a better program of recovery under my belt. Sorry, I didn't stand up here like so many people are able to and have such a wonderful story and such a wonderful message. Um, but I just wanted to be honest. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, I meditate every day." Oh my gosh, yes, I love. You know, <laughs> I I can't do that. You know, I just can't because if I were to do that, that's going back. That's really moving backwards for me, and I can't do that. So, mm, like I said, I'm Joanne. I'm an alcoholic, and it's really all I got.
0: thanks for checking out this episode of the new life speakers podcast please remember that our group is self-supporting through its seven tradition donations can be made by clicking the link on our website newlifespeakers.org tune in next week for a new speaker and thanks for listening